Please repeat. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. 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 Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devi Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindeviya Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadarma Sarupini Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sara Shiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Majamam Ashmaracharya Prayantam Bande Gurum Param Param <coughs> So we're going to do something true It made me a little too loud, I think it's just too loud Lower a little bit We're going to do something that's truly miraculous We're going to tell a full story from the Srimad Bhagavatam in one night Usually it takes like two, three months to tell like to tell, we just finished last week the story of Varaha, the boar incarnation. No, uh, Vamana, the wow. dwarf incarnation. I've been thinking about uh, Varaha today. Uh, um, and that took five weeks or four weeks, right? Because in every no Purana has come to mean very long story, <laughs> right? So, but in, and in the Srimad, we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. We've been doing for many years now, verse by verse. And... Many stories are told in elaborate forms and also in very short forms. And the section we are right now, after the story of Amana, a very brief telling of the Matsya avatar, the fish incarnation of the Lord, is told. It's told more elaborately, even in the own texts, in the Bible time it's told more elaborately other places. And in, of course, there's other, there's even one Purana just dedicated to that, Matsya Purana, a very important Purana. Purana. So we'll read, so... This is just finishing the very end of Skanda 8. Starting at chapter 24, Matsya Avatar. So I'm reading, I don't, I'm not going to, I didn't, uh, due to some busyness here at the temple, having a chance to translate. So we're reading again from existing translation of Swamita Pasyananda, published by Ramakrishna Mission. Although I have a few verses in front of me, if I need to look up the Sanskrit, I have also here next to me. Uh, Raja Uvacha, the, 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 uh, who's the Raja? Parikshit is asking? Tushuka. Tushuka, very good. Oh, worshipable one, I would like to hear about, about the first of the incarnations of Hari, of wonderful deeds, assuming the form of a mystic fish, Matsya. Why did the Supreme Lord assume, as if he were under the bondage of karma, such a tamas-dominated form as that of a fish looked down upon in the world as low and repulsive. So it's like, this is a good question. You know, we say, oh, the Lord has appeared. You know, we have, uh, as Lord Ram, as Krishna, as Buddha, all these divine forms. Uh, but he's also appeared as a fish, which is considered a very low. Actually, in the Vedic scheme of things, fish are even below plants. Right. Usually we think fish are above, you know, we have plants and you have aquatics, but in the Vedic cosmology, you go from fish to plant, from plant to animal, it's even below. Uh, so why would it, and, and also by some low karma, one is as a fish body. How can, this is tamaguna, this is tama dominated, it's low, um, uh, not a very sophisticated brain, sophisticated nervous system. Um, how did the Lord, how, how is it that the Lord appeared as, as a fish? And he mentioned this is the first of the incarnations. Of course, we know from the opening verses of the Srimad Bhagavatam, we mentioned last week also that there are many avatars of, of the Lord as there are uh, drops of water in an endless waterfall. An eternal waterfall, millions and millions and millions of avatars of, of Bhagavan are coming. And not just in this realm, in many realms, in many ancient history, in other planets, in other previous yugas, in other creation cycles. You know, we hard to even imagine how many uh, unlimited there it mentioned, I think, 24 or something like that. And of course, we all know the Dash Avatar, the most popular. So in, in the list of the, of the 10, Matsya is first, right? Matsya, Kurma, Varaha, like this, right? And so it starts in, that, in the traditional list of 10, which is one ref, referred to here. Uh, 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 there is a, uh, uh, a, a um, how to say, a, a, a progression, right? From fish, then to... So that's a purely aquatic animal, 
to then we have korma, which is a turtle, right? Or tortoise. Turtle? Turtle. Turtle. We, we, we investigated this with korma. <laughs> uh, turtle, uh, which lives both in the water and inland, right? And then after that, varaha, the boar. And that's only on land. Right? And then after that, narasinga. So that's half animal and half, like this. after that, that's a very small dwarf of a man, beginning of a man. <laughs> then, Rama, that's a, hmm? no, Parashuram. Right, Parashuram. Parashuram is a brutish man, right? He's a very violent natured person. Then Rama. Rama is a very sophisticated, dharmic man. Right? And then Krishna, that is a uh, uh, emotional, like an emotionally developed man. <laughs> and then, then in that list, it's Buddha is listed. That's the enlightened man. And then Kalki, Kalki is, of course, we're expecting, there's stories of Kalki uh, riding on a white horse, is true, but many yogis and astrologers, they see Kalki as the self itself. Kalki is Atmakara, it's the self, the divine self itself. We are, after that, everything is finished. Right? So it starts, what is it, how did the Lord appear first as Matsya, as, as a fish? That is the question. Because uh, he mentioned it briefly. Uh, Sutta said, <coughs> When King Parikshit said this as above to Sukha, the son of Bhadrayana, uh, the later narrated to him the story of the Lord's incarnation in the form of a fish. Sukha said, the Lord, the Lord assumes a form and incarnates himself for the all-around good of the helpless ones, the holy men, the devas, the righteous people, and the Vedas, and also for safeguarding the four ends of life. Actually, this verse I wanted to study a little bit. And then he leaves a few things out. This is, uh, in each section, there may be, in, within the story, there's a couple main points, certain verses that shine. This is one of those verses. This is why, 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 does, why, did, why does the Lord incarnate, as, uh, take Avatar as a, as, a, as, a, as a fish, as a turtle, as a, as a pig, as a half-man? Why is, why is it, or even as a saint, as, as an Avatar, as Krishna, as Ram, as Ramakrishna, as Jesus? Why was the Lord incarnate? What's the purpose? Right, so that's the, uh, these stories, they're on the, I mean, it's hard to say that this is, I mean, we, can, we can attribute a, a historical date to Rama. We can attribute a historical date to Krishna. Much about them, it's all in, in this text. We don't really know much about them, only what's written down many years later by ardent devotees, right? Uh, uh, but we have some historic reference, but to talk the history, the exact date of when, when, when uh, Korma held up the earth, the spinning of, uh, held up Mandar Mountain, the spinning of the ocean, becomes in a, a different time. It's not exactly historic, right? It's, it's mythological. It's that's that mythological not meaning unreal, very much real, <laughs> but not historic. Can't be described like that, right? You can't give an exact time. It's a, a, a very deep, a d- very deep uh, uh, story, beyond what one Swami called it meta-narrative, right? It's more true than history. They deal with spiritual realities, Right, independent of uh, where we can place them historically is happening. It's hard to say. Oh, we, we, the exact date when God appeared as a fish, a fish that's uh, 80 miles long, which is what it's going to become. <laughs> right, we'll find out he grows. Like that's. It's hard to think like that. Right, it's, it's a story, ancient story. But the purpose of that story, the purpose of every incarnation of God, every uh, is is given in this verse. Right, it's given in the Bhagavad Gita too. I mean, you know that verse. That uh, what is it? Uh, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, whenever, whenever Dharma, the basic Krishna says, whenever Dharma declines and Adharma arises, I embody myself. I embrace my own Maya, and I'm born. By by saying I embrace my own Maya means he's not born by his karma, right? He chooses. He himself by his own will it takes birth in order to to save Dharma. When Dharma declines and Adharma arises. Um, and for the protection of the good and the destruction of the wicked. Or, or you could say the destruction of wickedness, right? And the old story is destruction of the wicked. This is a very uh, uh, battle conception, right? Uh, I embody myself in every age, right? So that's a simple thing. When Dharma declines and Adharma arises. Uh, <clears throat> so similarly, so this, is, this verse flushes it out a little bit more. It says, Go vipra sura sadhunam chandasam api shishishwara. Raksham ichams ichams tanudate dharma artasya chayvahi. I'm to raksha, I, my icha, uh, my, uh, the desire to protect what? Go. Cows. Cows. Vipra. 
Brahmins or Brahminical culture, Sura, gods, Sadhu. Sadhu means holy name, but Sadhu means devotees here. It's generally not just not sannyasis, but all devotees, right? And Chanda. Chanda means uh, the verse, uh, the meters, means Vedas. Right, so here's exact, this is very nice, in just two lines, you get the reason why this whole 18,000 verses of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and then you have Vishnu Purana, Skanda Purana, uh, 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 Narasimha Purana, Varaha Purana, Matsya Purana, all these Puranas describing incarnations for this purpose. Ancient, ancient stories to describe the importance of these five things, I think. One, two, three, four, five. Five, five things. Go, Vipra, Sura, Sadhu, Chanda. Right, cows, uh, Brahmins, miracle culture, the gods, the devotees, and the Vedas. When these are threatened, then the God manifests, right, <coughs> incarnates, does something, right. These, so these things are very important. There's a mantra, uh, Namo Brahmaya Devaya, Go Brahmanaya Hitaya. Right, that who is that Krishna, that, that we worship Krishna, who, who Go Brahmanaya Hitaya, who's very dear to Go Brahmana, to cows and Brahmins. Why without cow, actually without cows actually without cows there's no there's no sacrifice when when the when the ocean got churned in that ancient story when when the cow came out so Rabbi, the, the divine cow came out its name wasn't cow wasn't go it was uh, uh, havir havir means offering ghee offering right the name of the cow is ghee offering right and immediately it was given to the brahmins Although the Brahmins aren't keeping cows, so that's, uh, that's a different a different group. But but oh, the cow, the Brahmins know how to take care of cows. Why? Because they know how to use the purpose of a uh, cow. Come according to this this conception, the products of the cow allow sacrifice. They allow puja. They allow feeding. The, this relate this divine relationship with nature, with the gods, between gods and humans, uh, comes from uh, the protection uh, and and service of cows, and so. Without without cows, there's no uh, Brahminical culture. Without Brahminical culture, there's no there's no Vedas, right? So without Vedas, there's no knowledge. Without knowledge, there's, I mean, there's no then then the goals of life are lost. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha, right? These are all gone. These are all mentions. Actually, I, oh, for, uh, I forgot one. Uh, dharma, asya, dharma, Artasya, as Dharma, Artha, and the rest. Right, also to protect uh, Go, Vipra, Sura, Sadhu, Chanda with the idea of protecting really the why, do, why, does, why does Vishnu want to protect cows, Brahmins, gods, sadhus and the Vedas because without them what's lost is really the four Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha the real goals of human life that's the whole idea so the four, the four goals of human life like I wasn't my head Maybe I won't get it done. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe the miracle won't happen after all. We'll see. <laughs> it wasn't my idea to talk about this, but this verse just when we, after we were doing kirtan, I brought it up. And, oh, that's that's an important verse. It just jumped out at me. Uh, uh, uh. The whole Vedic culture is based. The Vedic revelation is based upon the purpose of human life, the purpose of life. Right? We're born for some reason. Right? My Guruji used to say, just like we've come here. Uh, actually, a very uh, sweet story. He he had um, his teeth became ruined, so he he told one of his disciples, "Take me to an Indian dentist." It was in America at that time. He was visiting, and he went to an Indian dentist, and he was at that time almost ninety. He says, "I am an Indian sadhu. Is your duty to serve me?" Yes, Maharaj. <laughs> like this, right? And so he did his full dentures free of charge. <laughs> but he started like, I'm an, it's your duty to serve me. I'm an Indian saint. Yes, Maharaj. So he had to go many times. And, and, and in, the, in the office, in the uh, waiting room, uh, he'd give lectures to the attendants. The <laughs> right? And he'd tell the, uh, the, uh, the office attendants, you know, at the desk like that, that you, have come, you came to work today for some reason. You didn't just come for no reason. You came for a reason. Right, you came for what's your you you have a reason for coming to work. Otherwise, you wouldn't have come. So, so you have a reason to come into this world, also, right? And 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 that purpose is God realization, your ultimate purpose. And I asked Guruji, he said, "What should she say?" Because I was like the old sadhu lecturing the poor, the poor uh, office attendant. He says, "Oh, she was very surprised to find out God had a, that life had a purpose." That's a big thing. Somebody telling you, somebody looking in your face who knows the purpose. Life has a purpose, right? Sri Ramakrishna also said the purpose of life is God realization. That's the purpose of human life, and therefore, in order to encourage us or to to to, to 
uh, poke at us. He says, if that's the purpose of life and, and you don't realize God, then you've wasted your life. That's the reason you came. Right? So that's, you always remember the purpose. That's the highest purpose, the ultimate purpose, called Paramgati, the highest ideal, the, highest, the, the ultimate goal, supreme goal. But until then, we have, we have other uh, legitimate aims to get us there. Right? So, and first, it always here's Dharma, it even starts Dharma Artasya. Dharma Arta, first Dharma. First, there's duty, religion, uh, righteousness. Uh, understanding Dharma. There's no one word definition of Dharma. I don't have to give lecture on Dharma, but uh, 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 first, this righteous duty, the righteous principles of life, right? With that, if we that's one of the one of the goals is Dharma to live a Dharmic life to do our duty. Uh, then, but you have to uh, uh, in order to live, you need to earn money. You need to uh, so Arta wealth is also one of these legitimate goal we can legitimately earn based upon dharma right if you earn if you get money and you get wealth and you get power and prestige without dharma that is that actually is a scary verse in the gita krishna says in the gita there's three gates to hell lust anger greed right these are three gates to hell so lust anger greed this is dharma kama uh, artha and kama lust anger and greed so the two two of the uh, two of the goals of life are, are the gates to hell if not based on dharma. In dharma, the same thing, even the, 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 the even greed, I can't say greed is a negative term, but a desire for money, we call that greed, right? The lust, uh, desire for money is greed. Desire for money is, can be a gate to hell or can be to clear your karmas and move on, right? If it's based on, it's all based upon dharma. So dharma, artha, legitimate, earning your, uh, satisfying your material, uh, economic development desires legitimately. According to your karma in a, in a righteous way, dharma, artha, kama. Kama means enjoyment, right? The pleasures of life. That's also legitimate, right? Even Krishna says, "I am kama, not opposed to dharma." That he says in the Gita. Gita he says, "I am kama." We all desire is bad, lust is bad. No, it says, "I am. I am that." If it's not opposed to dharma, everything has to be. It's, that's why uh, it's not artha, kama, dharma. It's dharma, artha. Artakama, first dharma has to be there, and the final thing, moksha, li- the final liberation, right? If not based upon dharma, our artha and kama leads to bondage, that Krishna says, right? So this is so this understanding, the ultimate goal is Godization, freedom, absolute li- liberation, and how to get there, we can by by living dharmic life, we can satisfy our material and economic ambitions and our karmas and and, and clear our karmas and work our, and mature without losing sight of the goal. That is why he, he, he incarnates to protect cows, Brahmins, gods, sages, and, and the Vedas. Because without, without these five, we lose dharma. We lose uh, the real goal of life, the conception of the goal of life. So in that sense, actually, not just an ancient story about how God became a fish, Right, you know, it's like that. Like, how is that practical to us? But actually, that's why he's incarnated as every scripture. Every every scripture is only designed to to protect that. Every satsang is designed to not forget the purpose of life is Godization. We can sat, we can attain that by not losing sight of dharma while we satisfy our karma and artha. Right, that has to continuously every satsang every. Every every episode of of, of Devaki <laughs> Mahadev, whatever the whatever the sats, whatever the spiritual thing you're doing, it's for that only. You can see what we're watching right now. <laughs> very very good. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> so good. <laughs> very very good. Uh, so this is why. So this is why the Lord incarnate. That's why we're reading the scriptures. That's why we've come to the temple. Not forget the goal of life, right? Uh, um, so where are we? Verse five. Okay, that's verse five. The Lord assumes a form to incarnate himself. Okay. Uh, uh, though like the air, the Lord is all, pervades all beings, consider, considered high or low according to their stage of evolution. He being non-material is not affected by the quality of the minds and bodies of the objects he pervades. It means he's, actually that starts as his mantra, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Vasudeva means the son of Vasudev, means Krishna. But Vasu, Vasu also means all pervading like the wind, like the sky, like, like air. Right, so he, the Lord is actually all-pervading, right? But he's not affected by what he pervades, right? The, the minds and, and bodies of what he pervades. So he's to say that he's because one of the accusations why we came a fish, fishes to Masik. He's he's become not just a fish; he's become everything. But he's not affected by any by anything. He's spiritual. Uh, 
<coughs> Towards the close of the previous kalpa, there was a, how to pronounce it, naimitika pralaya. This means a, uh, a, a, a temporary pralaya, an untimely pralaya. What's a pralaya? Pralaya is deluge, a destruction. Uh, the pralaya, maha pralaya, is when the entire universe gets that's destroyed by the cosmic waters. This is a very ancient theme, right? And so this is, this is not one of those Mahapralayas. This is a m small pralaya in the middle of the whole thing. And the pralaya comes in the story when, when, uh, in the night of Brahma. Brahma lives his, his, his day and he sleeps at night. At the night of Brahma, the whole universe is destroyed. In the day of Brahma, the whole universe, again, universes are created, like we know, right? But what if, what if uh, uh, Brahma were to take a nap? <laughs> this is the equivalent. This is a <laughs> during a nap. There seems to be almost like a pralaya, right? For, for all intents and purposes. So you can see, and, and we think, oh, there was a huge storm. It's like I, I, you read in many ancient texts. There was such a storm. I thought the world was being destroyed in a pralaya, right? You know, a huge, uh, huge flood. And we had we have a little mini pralayas here in Laguna Beach every 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 ten years or so. We had one a few years ago. Right? It seemed like the world was going to be swept away. Right, and everything was to be washed away out of out of existence. Luckily, Ma saved the temple, and most of the neighborhood. So it's one such event: a small flood, d in between the cosmic flood that destroy everything. So this is one small uh, small uh, destruction of the universe. Uh, during that pralaya, all the three worlds were flooded by water. This being his night, Brahma was sleepy, and that was and was about to retire when the Vedas dropped out of his mouth. Right, so this is an interesting. So, we know Brahma is all the time with his four mouths chanting Vedas. Right, that's that's Brahma's uh, main. He heard. He was the first to hear the Vedas, and he's reciting the Vedas. So he's fallen asleep. The Vedas. This is a story. Right, it's told in a sweet way. The Vedas kind of fall out of his mouth as he's fallen asleep. Right, and there was a demon named Hayagriva. Hayagriva means horse. Headed, I think, right? Uh, the horse-headed uh, uh, demon. He stole the Vedas during that time. So that's another story that's told elaborately in other place in the Bhagavatam. It's just referred to in a very brief moment here. And the surname Hayagriva, who was standing nearby, snatched away the Vedas. Coming to know about this high-handedness ha high of Hayagriva, the all-powerful Lord took the form of a fish. So that's a simple way of telling the story. Now it tells the story at hand. In the Kalpa, there was a pious king named Sachavrata, who was deeply devoted to Narayana and was performing austerities, subsisting only on water. It was this Sachavrata who was born as the son of Vivashvan and made the Manu of this Kalpa under the well-known names of Sharadeva and Vishvashvata. So this is, this is at the end of a previous cycle where our present Manu is Vishvashvata. How do you pronounce? Uh, Vivasvata. In his previous incarnation, he was Satyavrata. That's what's telling his story. And Satyavrata, you can see that's good, that's going to be a symbolic name. Satyavrata means a vow of truth. right? So we can take this also as an ancient mythological history or story of ancient people's stories of, of the ancient world. But also a very much, when you take, these are stages on your own sadhana and stages of your of your life, such a vrata, that when you take the vow of austerity, vow of truth, such a vrata. So he, he was one time sitting on, on the bank of a river, and he was living only on water, doing austerities. And waist deep in water, one of the things you do is you do tarpan, where you take water from the Ganga and you pour into the Ganga. Or you take water from the ocean, you pour into the ocean. So he was doing such a, such a, uh, uh, we do it every day in our bath. We take water, we chant Gayatri, and we offer it to the sun and to the river. He was doing that. Once when Satyavrata was performing rites with water in the river uh, Kritamala, an unusual kind of tiny fish was found in the water he held in his cup palm. So as he was doing, he looks and he sees this little tiny, like a little guppy or something, a little fish. He goes, oh, what is this? Right, that's an unusual thing when you're about to offer water. Thereupon Satyavrata, the king of the Dravidya country, let down the water he held in his palms. And and together with it, the fish too. So he dropped, you see, when you, you imagine you pick up water and you see, if, oh, you can put it back. This is the scene. It's a very sweet little story. The fish then ap appealed to that merciful king in the most piteous manner. We have a talking fish. O king, 
You who are noted for your mercy towards the poor and the suffering, why are you consigning a poor creature like myself into this water, where I have, where I have to be in constant dread of other aquatic creatures who subsist on their own kind? Right? Why are you dropping me back into this water? Right? You know. So it's of course this is a, a tricky thing. Who is it that we know who this fish is? Right? We we just told we started the story with saying the incarnation of Vishnu as a fish. Right? But it's a sweet story. So a little fish is going. Why are you putting me back in the water? And actually, I was looking. I was looking. I, maybe somebody here knows this word. There's a word uh, for just the the harsh reality of nature, like fish eats fish. But it's like there's a word for like human behavior. It's just it's like like behaving like fish, meaning a fish fish eat other fish. That's the harsh reality of this of the cruel, selfish nature of this world, right? By being put in back into this, in, in, by this is a little bit the meaning of this verse. By the fish is saying, why are you putting me back in this world? You're a great king. You're a, 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 somebody of high culture, right? Such a vrata. I mean, a, vow, a very high cultured person. You're putting me back into this material material existence of just behaving like animals, fish eating another fish, right? It says human culture shouldn't be fish culture, right? We should have a higher ideal. We shouldn't just eat each other for our own benefit, we look like fish, right? So he's saying, why are you putting me back in this water? There's some coded teachings in here. The king then decided to give protection to that fish without any inkling that it was the Lord come in the form of the fish to bless him. Touched by that piteous appeal that the fish made, the merciful king brought it to his ashram, put it, put, putting it in his water vessel, means his kamandalu. So he brought it home carefully and put it in his kamandalu. I'm sorry, I won't, put you, I won't let you. If I put you in the water, you'll be eaten by other fish. I'll put you in my kamandalu. Also significant. Within one night, the fish grew too big to be accompanied, accommodated in, the water, in that water vessel. Unable to remain there, it said to the king, It is impossible for me to be put, in, to put up with this difficulty of staying in this water vessel. Please give me a spacious water receptacle in which I can stay in comfort. So the king removed it from, from there, there and put it in a big vessel, a big uh, like bucket, you could say. But within a few seconds after being consigned there, it grew to the size three of three cubits. The fish thereupon said, Even this, O king, is not sufficient for me to be comfortable. I have taken refuge with you. Give me a much bigger place, O king. Satyavrata now cons- consigned it to a pond. But the fish of unending growth soon filled the pond with its body. The fish thereupon said, For me, a creature requiring a vo- wide for me, a creature requiring a wide expanse of water, the very limited water area of this pond is insufficient to stay comfortably. Put me into a big lake where the water will not dry and where I am protected from the attentions of alligators and other denizens of the water. Being so requested, the king transferred the fish from one lake of perennial waters to another as it filled up every lake in a short time. Finally, he put it into the sea. When the, when the fish was put into the ocean, it said to the king, O heroic king, it behooves you not to put me in the ocean where I am likely to be eaten by whales and other powerful creatures. Please let me come. So please do not let me drown. Let me down in the ocean. So this is obviously a kind of a funny scene, right? He puts it in a cup of water, it becomes bigger. Puts another thing, it becomes big. Puts another thing, it becomes bigger. Pretty soon from lake to reservoir to, to the ocean, it's getting huge, becoming huge, 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 huge. So obviously it's not a normal fish, right? And when I was reading this this afternoon, uh, 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 came a, a book, one of my favorite children books came to mind. Called a, I think it's called A Fish Called Otto, which you found me online or something. He gave me, it's a Dr. Se- I think it's a Dr. Seuss book, right? And he told him, and who knows where that author may have pulled from this story, right? Somebody goes, a little boy goes to a, a, a fish store and says, oh, I want to buy that fish. He goes to the fish the, the, the employee puts it in a little bag, he lets it take it home and says, now here's some food, give it just a pinch. Don't give it too much, right? only a pinch, right? So he takes it home and he gives it a pinch of food. And if you ever had goldfish, fish are always, you know, they're always asking for more. And if you give it more, they, they will keep eating. And it's bad for them, right? So he felt, he felt so sorry for the fish he was begging, he gave more. He, gave, he poured the whole thing in. And pretty soon the fish got so big it couldn't fit into the, um, into the uh, uh, water bowl. Then he put it into his bathtub. It got so big in the bag. And he put it in the swimming pool. It got so big. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, the, um, uh, he had to call 
the uh, pet store owner who came and did something, some Dr. Seuss type thing, and <laughs> came out came out with a little thing. So designed to tell kids to take to, to follow directions. I think is the name, of the, the purpose of the book. But that idea of, of a fish getting bigger and bigger and bigger every receptacle, I thought was a, 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 a connected. And also, if you remember our last story of Vamana. He also, when 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 he saw Vamana, Vamana's filled up the whole universe. Mm -hmm. So this fish looks really small, but within it, the whole it, the whole universe is there, right? So he's infinitely big. So this is a realization of that. Where are we here? To the fish who was thus mystifying him with fine words, the king said, "Who are you in this form of a fish, giving us so many surprises?" <laughs> We have never seen or heard of an aquatic creature with such divine powers as you seem to possess. You have filled up a lake of a hundred yojanas in one day. Yojana is eight miles, so eight hundred miles, right? You filled up in one day. Surely you must be a worshipable Hari, the Lord Narayana, who has assumed the form of a fish for the good of the worlds. O thou, the Supreme Spirit, salutations, master of creation, preservation, destruction. Thou art the soul and the goal of us who have taken refuge in thee. All the form that thou hast taken as incarnations are for the good of the worlds. That's another thing. All your incarnations have been only for the good of the world. So this incarnation must also be good for the good of the world. Pray, what is the special object of taking this form in the present incarnation? I would like to understand that. O lotus-eyed one, lotus-eyed one, the service rendered to thee, the soul and friend of all, will never go in vain, unlike descendants dependence on limited means sorry uh, for as a fruit of my devotion to thee thou hast now revealed this most worship wonderful form of thine to me so who are, you must be vishnu this all-pervading lord and you only you only take all your incarnations for the good of the world what's the purpose of you taking this fish form shishuka said the lord of the universe who is ever loving and to his wholehearted devotees, who had now assumed the form of a fish, in order to sport in the waters of the deluge, as also and also to bless his devotee, said as follows to Raja Sri Satyavrata. Now, from here, verse, now it's, this is going to give him prediction of a very uh, 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 timely event, because right now in the movie theaters there is Noah, Noah right, which is uh, the biblical story of a, of a great flood. And in that story, Noah is Noah is one of the. Uh, you could almost call him. This is a, a some sort of like almost like a Manu, right? These are the patriarchs of of, of uh, a different understanding of the ancient world, but something like that. One of the early patriarchs of human culture, right? And he was given in that story, uh, as things got really as in the story is that everything got so sinful and so impure that God was going to drown everybody. Right, uh, uh, and and except for a few people, he's going to repopulate the earth, right? And so he tells Noah to build an ark, right? And uh, remembering the the uh, Bill Cosby uh, 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 dialogue, but uh, he tells him to build an ark, and he tells him to gather animals in, two, in pairs, and with that he, he can populate the earth after the flood waters re recede, right? And some people hold that there was an ancient flood where the whole world was submerged, or it may be an ancient record of, of, of a very bad flood of that area. Or, in the, but in the Bhagavatam, it's talking about one of the great deluge in between. You know, it's a different, more cosmic type of understanding. But the same basic story is being told. So here, uh, the Lord in the form of a fish, in the symbolic form, tells the story. <coughs> o king, on the seventh day from today, all the three worlds, the earth, and the intermediate regions and the heavens will get submerged in the water of that uh, of the periodical deluge, pralaya. When the worlds have got submerged in the waters of pralaya, a ship sh sent by me will come near you. So he's not telling, oh no, I build an ark. But at the time when the water, when everything gets flooded, I'll send you an ark. Right in this story, right. you will then get into that ship with all the seeds of trees and vegetation collected earlier and was representatives of all species of creatures. So also, it says you, you, it's the same story, right? It's a, very, a more ancient, 3,000 years older story of, of that ancient. It says, I'll send you an ark, a, a very large boat, and in it, in seven days, it's going to rain. Uh, I think in the biblical story, it's 40 days and 40 nights. Here it's seven days, right? And, and uh, you collect 
all the male and female of all the species you can, as well as all seeds. I think that's something that's not in the biblical story. And all the seeds, right? Accompanied by the Saptarishis and the sages. Because you know, in order to, st- to refound a society, you need plants, you need animals, and you need rishis, sages, right? Uh, without any difficulty, you will be able to navigate in the darkness of Pralaya, guided by the brilliance of the Saptarishis, the seven sages. Also, this means they're being guided by what Saptarishis are? are the Big Dipper. The Big Dipper, right? And the Big Dipper is based upon, you, within the Big Dipper, you find the North Star, which allows you to navigate without any uh, uh, refer, uh, land references, right? So this is a very, you, we, the story is, oh, you take the seven sages, you'll have the plants, you have animals, and you have seven sages, and by their light, they'll guide you. But this is also reference, you know, you're guided by the stars, you have no problem. You can follow the stars. You know exactly which direction is which. When the boat will be rolling heavily in the stormy sea, I shall be. I shall appear there, and in my here it says antenna. It actually means horn. I forget the word, but he, I, he has in this form. The this ancient uh, description of this fish has a big, uh, like a I guess a horn, right? A horn fish. Uh, here it says antenna. Uh, I shall be appearing there, and to my horn the boat may be tied. And the rope to be used for that purpose being the serpent Vasuki, the divine serpent. O pious king, with you and the rishis in it, I shall pilot this ship through the pralaya waters until Brahma's night is over and, and the pralaya ends. During that time, as answers given to questions, I shall reveal the truth of my all-comprehensive essence or glory known as the transcendent Brahman. Actually, he says Brahmatattva. It says, in this, while, while I'm attached, you can ask anything. And I shall answer all your questions. Right? Even the highest knowledge of Brahman, I shall give you. Right? This is very nice. Thus instructed, with, and with my blessings besides, you shall realize the truth of Brahman in your heart. Right? If you think of it, that's the purpose. The purpose of life is God-realization, to realize the truth of Brahman in your life. That's really, with all. I mean, you can, we can give it so many symbolic things and all the struggles of life. If we don't lose God as our pole star, you know, it's like, and, I mean, we, it's basically, but that is, this, I mean, it can be, I can, uh, my problem is I'm not sappy enough to pull it off to, to give these poetic <laughs> type of things, right? But it, but it is that we can give it that type of meaning, right? Through all the tribulations of life and, and, and the greatest darkness, we shouldn't, the Lord will always come and we can and give us the, what we need in order to uh, attain self-realization, the ultimate goal of life. Saying this to Satchavarata, Hari disappeared from view. And Satchavarata, for his part, waited for the time of the deluge mentioned to him by the Lord. Making a seed of Dhruva grass, with the, with the pointed ends of the grass turned eastwards. This is, as Puja references, you have to, proper asana. Uh, uh, sorry. Satyavata sat on it facing north and meditated on the feet of Sri Hari incarnated as a fish. He sat down, meditated on that divine form. As the king Satyavata thought of the Lord's words, the ship appeared on the scene. The king carried all the seeds and plants and animals and accompanied by the Saptarishis, boarded the ship. The Rishis now told the king with a joyous heart, O king, meditate upon Keshava, the Lord, the Lord Mahavishnu. He will save us from all difficulties and work for our welfare. As the king meditated, Mahavishnu now appeared as a fish of golden color, having one only one horn, and endowed as a body, a lack of yojanas in size. Lack of yojanas. Lack is a hundred thousand, roughly. Yojana is eight miles. So eight hundred thousand so this fish was eight hundred thousand miles. So this is yeah, quite a fish. <laughs> yeah, what is that? What is it? Doing that that show on like sea monsters or something like that? Who's always searching for giant catfish or something? <laughs> you have a good time on the on this on the Discovery or History Channel. It's the number one show on 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 that channel right now. This guy who who catches really big fish. Uh, this is a good one for him. As directed by Sri Hari earlier, the king had his ship attached to the horn of the fish using the serpent Basuki as a cord for tying. Vasuki represents Kundalini in this story also. With great joy in his heart, he began to sing the prayer of the Lord in a hymn. And so if I were to spend time, I would have translated him because it's a beautiful meter like this. Very beautiful things about the Lord are mentioned. Revelations about spiritual life are there. So he starts. 
Men whose knowledge of the Atman has been effaced by the beginningless ignorance and who as a consequence are subject to intense suffering and samsara sometimes surrender themselves to thee by thy grace alone and thereby attain to thee. May thou, the grant of liberation, be our teacher. So it's beautiful that we are men who are those men, these are us, but due to un, unbeginningless, beginningless known ignorance. We're, somehow or another we're in ignorance. We don't know where it started. Right? Uh, somehow or another it, we're, we're in ignorance. I, my, I asked my Guruji many years ago, how did this whole thing start? He said, oh, the problem is, is Maya, your ignorance. That's why you don't have... He says, but when did it start? He says, we can't answer that. First you say 1 plus 1 equals 2. 2 plus 2 equals 4. 4 plus 4 equals 6. So somewhere along a mistake was done. And then pretty soon you start, you build your whole mathematics system on some mistake. Somewhere along a mistake was made. And you built your entire universe, your entire system is based upon that mistake. That's the thing. You have to, but where it started, we can't answer that question. So beginning this, we've been in ignorance for so long. Doing that ignorance, we've forgotten the nature of the self. But once in a while, such people like us who have forgotten the nature of the self surrender to you. Right? And therefore remember. Right? By your grace. Right? That's what he's saying. So may you be our teacher. May you guide us. You, you guide us to proper knowledge. Bound by the impressions of his past karma, the ignorant man continues to perform karma with the idea of gaining more and more enjoyment. But the ultimate result of all such self-centered work is more misery. This is actually in Sanskrit. I was studying this one. It's also a very beautiful verse. It says, uh, 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 Due to the results of our past, act, our past karma, we continue to act thinking it will bring us happiness. But that on, it only has brought us misery. And it will only bring us misery. Right? Self-centered work always leads to misery. This self-centeredness, the canker of the soul, can be, can be overcome only through the service of thee, the world teacher. Only by serving you. This, this idea of self-centered, uh, trying to fulfill my self-centered desires, which only leads to thinking I'll be happy by fulfilling my selfish desires, has only made me unhappy. And that leads, and that pain only leads me to keep acting selfishly, hoping to make me happy, and keeping to more and more unhappiness, right? But somehow, if that can be washed away, if I only by serving you, by th- worshiping and serving you, uh-uh. the world teacher, Jagat Guru, may he be pleased to destroy in us that knot of the heart, namely the identification of the self with the body, the real knot that holds it all together. The identity thinking that I am the body. Gold and silver cannot be purified merely by washing, but only by being heated in fire. So also karmas by themselves cannot purify one's being. Thy service alone can be the fire for burning up the darkness of corruption that has entered the soul of man, for restoring its luminosity. It's very wordy, but the verse is short, but the, the translation is wordy. But that, uh, that just like gold cannot be, you can't just polish gold and get rid of its impurities. You have to burn it, you have to heat it. Right? So karmas, just our actions won't purify us. Right? Actions just lead to more karma. Any, but service of you is like fire. By serving God, by worshipping God, that is a fire that purifies and makes, makes, purifies gold of all impurity and makes it shine. It purifies the soul of all impurity and makes it shine. May he, the eternal one, the Lord of all, grantor of all, grant, greater than all other teachers, by whose service the impurity of the mind are erased, and the spirit restored to its natural condition, bring us enlightenment. I take refuge in you, the supreme being, with whose abounding grace bestows on devotees, bestowed on devotees, is of such potency that even an infinitesimal fraction of it cannot be matched by the combined help that may be offered by all other deities, teachers, and persons put together. So a little bit of your grace, if you take all of our teachers, all of our gurus, all of the gods, all of our friends, all of our parents, and all their, their well-wishing and grace, it's not, it cannot, all that together is not even a fraction of the grace of, the, of God. So this is a way of glorifying his, his focus. Ignorant men accepting other ignorant men as guru is like a blind man taking another blind man to guide him. Right, this is exactly we know that the blind led by the blind, right? So we take a guru, and even a great guru is still limited, is still a human being, even for a very pure human being. So anybody, if you take a guru, you take a human as a guru, you you take your. Anyways, he's not uh, criticizing taking a guru. He's trying to understand properly. I'll 
finish the verse. Ignorant men accepting other ignorant men as guru is like one blind man taking another blind man to guide him. Desirous of attaining to our spiritual goal, we have adopted as our guru you, the self-luminous awareness which, like the sun, reveals everything else and also endows the senses with self-consciousness and luminosity. The real guru is the self. I've taken you, God, but who is that self-luminous being? The one that perceives, the, the, the conscious uh, Satchitananda. That's, Sri Ramakrishna said, Satchitananda is the only Guru. right? It's, and when we say Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Deva Maheshwara, it doesn't mean that your personal Guru created the universe, sustains the universe and destroys the universe. God is the Guru. right? That God, Guru Tattva, that God, the Supreme, Supreme Self, manifests through our teachers. Some great, some not so great. Uh, but it's God is, you have to know that God is a guru. Sometimes we think in through devotion, we say guru is God. That's okay in devotion, but it's not true by tattva. Tattva is God is guru. Bhava could be guru is God. My guru is God. My, God, my, guru, is, uh, my guru is the guru of the world. My Lord is the Lord. There's, there's verses in the Guru Gita, very beautiful verses. But that's bhava. But tattva is God is the only guru. Right? Uh, Satyananda is the only guru. That's the saying. When, when you accept God as a self, as a real teacher, then that's a safe position, right? You accept only a human being, that's going to be uh, not so perfect, right? Inferior teachers give instructions for the attainment of worldly good by pursuing which men continue to be endlessly entangled in the cycle of birth and death. Right? You can see, we learn, you know, so we learn meditation. I could just, two days, two days back, uh, I was uh, checking an email from our friend Igor, and he wrote, "If your meditation, if meditation helps you get a job, you're not medi- your meditation is incorrect. <laughs> right? That's not the purpose of meditation. Right? We do meditation. Like I, I one time many years ago went to a meditation introduction to a meditation course. Right? They were told that the purpose, if I meditate properly, I learned the proper meditation, I'll do better in school. Right? And they were just started trained because they seen I was a young student. Right? They told my aunt, thinking she was a housewife, she said, oh, you'll be better at cooking.'" My aunt said, I've never cooked, I'm not good at cooking now, you know, <laughs> right, you know, and so they're just like, uh, but, and, and that's okay, and it's true, you organize the mind, you learn how to concentrate, these things happen, but that's not the purpose of meditation, not the purpose of these type of things, right? Like yoga, Hatha yoga gives uh, great health, that's not the purpose of it, right? So similarly, the Vedas also, in other verses we read before, it says the Vedas, the Vedas themselves are complicated. We think, oh, the purpose of the Vedas is to live comfortably in this world and go to heaven in the next world. That's not the purpose of the Vedas. It, could, it may happen, right? Just like Hatha Yoga, meditation can help you get a job, right? <laughs> help you and, and, and like that. But that's not the purpose. So it says regular teachers tell you that, right? But that just keeps you bound in the world of birth and death, right? I take shelter in you, the Supreme God, the Lord of all, the noblest one to be resorted to for being instructed in the knowledge of the Atman, the self, which should shelter the dark, shatter the darkness of ignorance in me by the light of thy words. Cut asunder the knot of ignorance, which binds a body with the spirit. Reveal to me your real form. Only one more, oh, five more sentences, or six more sentences. Sukha said, to the king who spoke thus, the Lord, the primeval one. Like this is Adi, uh, Bhagavan Adi Purusha. This is, I remember before uh, I looked at that word up, uh, who is that? Who is it's that uh, Bhagavan, that Supreme Lord, Adi, the original being, the original one, the first, primal, the all-existing. To that, uh, to the King who spoke thus, the Lord, the primeval one, in the form of a fish, gave spiritual instructions while sporting in the waters of the pralaya. Okay, a little different than the Moses story, but it's so nice. He imparted the subtle truth of the Atman in its fullness to the royal sage Satyavrata. It's beautiful. He imparted the subtle truths of the, of the self in, their, in its fullness. He gave him realization. In the shape of the sacred Purana Samhita, known as Matsya Purana. So if you, you, can, you can look up, we have it in the other room. This Matsya Purana is a conversation that between Satyavrata and, um, uh, 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 and, and, and Vishnu as Matsya. Right. Very beautiful. So a very elaborate philosophical description ultimately for the purpose of self-knowledge and actually that's ultimately and these are ancient stories ancient mythologies ancient histories uh, 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 metaphors and all kinds of however you want to interpret them but the purpose is self-realization that's the purpose we've heard that's the purpose why the lord incarnate the purpose of the scriptures even the Puranas, which are long and complicated 
stories within stories within stories within stories is ultimately to understand the subtle points of self, subtle points of spiritual life, so you can attain self-realization. That he got, in which the doctrines of jnana, bhakti, and karma are discussed. Seated in the ship, constituted of the earth, the king. This is also yeah, that you caught that one right. <laughs> Seated on the ship, so now you're giving the symbolism of the whole thing. Seated on the ship, which is made of the earth, which is that we are in this cosmic ocean of darkness. Of we are on a, a giant boat, right? Uh, being uh, tossed around. It's called the earth. <laughs> that's called our. <laughs> that's the real ship, and guided by the stars, right? Uh, and and the, and the, and the stars themselves are telling us meditate upon the self. Right, this is a very deep thing, exactly. Uh, uh, Meditative, and 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 the, and and uh, the Lord takes every possible form to give us this information. Right, it's a very, it's given your the metaphor of and the symbolism is being given. Seated upon a, uh, seated on in the ship which is made of the earth, the king along with the rishis heard this exposition of truth, of the Atman, of the self, and of the eternal Brahman, the supreme being which drove away all doubts from his heart. When that pralaya ended, when that deluge ended, the Bra- and Brahma awoke from sleep, Srihari gave him the Vedas, having destroyed Hayagriva and recovering the Vedas from him. That's a previous story. It is this king, Satyavrata, endowed with knowledge and experience of truth, who became the Vaishvata uh, Manu in the present Kalpa, one of Maha out of Mahavishnu's grace, those, now here, this is the Palstiti, those who hear with great, this great narrative, dealing with a com- conversation between King Satyavrata and Mahavishnu, as Matsya, will be freed from sins. You all heard it? This is good news. A devotee who daily adores the Lord, with the, rec- the recital of account of this incarnation of his, will have his fulfillment of his, all his wishes, and he will ultimately attain the supreme goal. See, these two points I always say, that's the purpose of all these texts, is to feel, have your, your legitimate wishes, your, uh, all your desires, your, even your normal worldly desires, these can be satisfied without losing paramgati, the, the supreme goal. If you lose the supreme, your vision, that's what this whole thing points out. If you lose the supreme goal, even eating, Krishna says in the Gita, even eating becomes sin. Right? Where we eat, if you remember that, eating becomes prashad. Right? That's the difference. One's a plate of sin, the other one's a plate of grace. Only difference, you don't forget the supreme goal. Eating's the same. Everything's the same. Right? You can see the same act be, uh, uh, between a pious, uh, a pious couple. Is one thing, and and in the material world between prostitutes and 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 and, and clients is another thing. The same act. What's the difference? Just consciousness is the only thing different. The, the proper, properly situated consciousness is the only difference, right? Uh, dharma. Uh, a devotee who daily adores the Lord with this recital account of his uh, of the accounts of this incarnation of his will have the fulfillment of all his desires, and he will ultimately attain the supreme goal, the paramgati. I salute him who is the ultimate cause of all in the in the guise of, in the in the disguise in the guise of the incarnate fish, who restored the Vedas to Brahma, killing the Asura who had taken it away when it fell out fell into the pralaya waters in the mouth of Brahma, who had become weak by the onset of sleep at the start of the pralaya, and who instructed the king Satyavrata in the truths of Brahman. Here ends the eighth skanda. Thank you very much for see. I did it. The, mira- the great miracle. <laughs> it's even more miraculous than a ship showing up and taking us across the Pralaya waters. <laughs> is that Swami Bhajananda finished the entire incarnation of the Lord in one sitting? <laughs> <laughs> Jai Ma, Jai Ma, Jai Ma.